Hey guys, you're listening to Fearless Talk, Season 2, Episode 5. In this episode, we hear from Bree Hoyt, one of my favorite people in the world and a true leader. Bree has a deep, deep, deep well of wisdom, joy, and peace, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear from her because she's really one of those people that you listen to and you think, I need you in my corner every second of every day. So go ahead and buckle up because you're going to love this episode with Bree. Okay, everybody, we have one of my sweet, dear, amazing, heroic friends, Brianna Hoyt, on the podcast today. And we have the privilege of being able to just sit underneath her wise, wise voice. And uh, we, she's all over the map, you guys. I can't wait to tell you a little bit about all the, the different way, things that she has her hands in. But first off, Brie, will you just say hi and share a little bit about yourself in this season that you're just coming out of um, and the, you know, internationally and that whole thing? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love you so much. Thank you for having me on your show. Um, I, man, a little bit about me. I, um, I have had an organization the past 10 years called Two Cents Project. Um, and we've had a mission to love the poor well specifically, um, mostly throughout the United States and also internationally. Um, but the past couple of years, um, the Lord really asked me to lay it down and to work in the marketplace in corporate. And so I've been in medical technology the past couple of years. And then just this last year had a kind of plot twist to go back to school, always wanted to get my master's and had the opportunity to go to grad school overseas in London at a incredible business school. And so I am just finishing up. I, I just finished my uh, master's about three weeks ago and I'm just kind of in a rest and recovery mode, but also so excited about what Jesus is doing in this season of the in-between. And I'm just so thankful to get to share, um, with your community, Evie, just love your heart and the influence and light that you carry is just so incredible. So it's oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you guys, she's being way humble because <laughs> that was like the most humble way for her to share. You guys, she went to one of the top schools in the entire world for business first <laughs> off. And this program, most people get their master's, you know, maybe two, like four years. This chick did her master's program and literally, what was it? Like an hour? <laughs> oh gosh. It was a difficult hour. It was about one full year. A very aggressive year, but. Okay. So share a little bit. So it's one full year. Share a little bit about what that looks like. You obviously live over there for the entire year. Yeah. Um, what exactly, like, I mean, it's hours and hours of curriculum on top of hours and hours of research and homework and papers. So share a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, it's kind of a crazy God story. And I think it's so important to surround ourselves with people that have vision that's greater than ours. And I've been really, really grateful for my community the last 10 years specifically. But I had a friend of mine that um, had graduated from this school. It is a number two business school um, in the world. And she knew I wanted to get my master's and sat me down one day. It was about a year and probably three months ago, we were in Nashville at the time. And she said, Brie, I feel like you're supposed to go get your master's. And I said, that's so weird because I'm actually looking at grad schools right now. And I told her what schools I was looking at, um, some that were really just domestically throughout the United States. And she said, no, I think, I think we need to think bigger. And 
little did she know my dream had always been to go to a top tier school. It was one of those things where you kind of lay it down and think, you know what, is that really practical right now in this season? I was working full time in, in medical technology, traveling all around the United States. And it was kind of like, you know, my career was important to me at that time. And I thought, you know what, I probably need to just pursue a program that will fit in with my life during the season. Um, and my friend was like, no, Brie, I think we need to look at some Ivy League schools. So long story short, we, um, she helped me actually come up with my proposal that, you know, you had to submit and present to the school. And I ended up being offered a position, which was crazy. Um, I remember the day I got the acceptance letter and it was like so surreal um, because I look back on that and you just realize sometimes it's just one choice that can change your life forever. Um, and it was one of those moments in my life where I realized the Lord does really keep a jar of all of our dreams and of all of our tears and all of our hopes and he doesn't expire them. And so I would have never thought that this last year would have ended up being um, a very intensive um, year committed to you know, getting a one-year aggressive master's, but that's what I ended up doing. And it was so crazy because not only that, but it was a program specifically designed for my set of experience the past 10 years, which ended up being this dual journey of starting a nonprofit organization, having my hand in pioneering leadership of, you know, a leadership initiative through our organization and also working in the corporate world. And so this program was the embodiment of the two of those things, which I didn't realize existed. So what um, is that technically called? So it was called social entrepreneurship in business. Amazing. And I know it was literally like, I remember reading the, the description of the program and thinking, you've got to be kidding me. I feel like this is my life. I feel like someone's reading me the last 10 years of my life, which was you know, having a hand in the marketplace and understanding sustainability and understanding how to structure organizations to be successful and having like a background in consulting and management, but then also applying that to the social impact space and nonprofit and philanthropy. So it was amazing. Best years of my life. Very amazing. But, but hard, difficult. Yeah. So, so you guys, oh, I met Brie, her and I were both the main session speakers at amazing, um, yeah conference called the now gathering in Boise, Idaho. And it's amazing because you know, that there's people where you are watching speak and you're like, Oh my gosh, the world has no idea who they're dealing with. And she's wearing this long, um, vest type thing with a black shirt that go, went past her knees, but her shoulders are showing. And I remember just being like, okay, there's something about somebody who can preach really well, know how to dress themselves really well. Like, you know, like aesthetically while also being able to serve the poor. Like there's this Gosh. weird, you know, like it's this triple threat. Brie is a triple threat, but all that to say, I fell in love with Brie. I fell in love with her boyfriend and she, it was that week, actually, I think shortly yeah. after you were like, yeah. I'm, I'm moving. And then, and then just this past year, last month, um, yeah. I got, a, I got the joy of being able to see her again. And it was just one of those people that I was like, I need, I went my whole life without Brie and I hate that. Yeah. So with that being said, um, you guys, Brie packed up her bags, quit her job, moved across the world uh, to a place that she didn't know anyone, left her boyfriend, left her group of friends, left her family, and then started in this program. And so tell me a little bit about that. It's not like it's probably your first time just moving away, but would you say that that in your, um, I mean, gosh, you're, you're 28, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're 28 years of life. Would you say that's the bravest thing you've ever done? 
Oh my gosh, man. Oh, that is a great question. I would say, um, man, you know, I think, I think for me, it'd be like courage and bravery have always been two things that the Lord's really dealt with me on. And it's been, I guess, a part of, part of my history with the Lord. But I, I feel like there's been a lot of little moments that probably have led up to the ones that are more seen like that one, if that makes sense. Definitely. But that one was definitely, um, very sacrificial and I think costly, um, which I mean, anybody that knows if you've had the opportunity to go through grad school or your doctorate, like it is a very costly, um, investment, but I think it was one of those things where you say yes. And then you're like, wow, I'm saying yes to like a hundred other things. I didn't realize I right. was signing up for. And so, um, you just have to know your why and know what the Lord said and know, know what he's doing in that season. And thankfully I have family and a boyfriend that really support the call of God in my life. And they know like, if this is a door, the Lord's open, let's walk through it. And, and, and I'm grateful that I've had a family that, um, isn't about staying in the staying in the box it's kind of like there's nothing that's impossible let's make it work let's see what we can do and so I think that's 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 trickled into my adult life um where it's just kind of like God does give you the grace to do it but um it was a it was a tough tough um year for sure definitely but absolutely worth it and looking back it's like I cannot believe I've had the opportunity I've had to travel Europe and be under some of the top faculty and learn from some of the top global thinkers and leaders in the world mm-hmm. and be a Christian voice in that room. There were so many moments along the way that was just fueling that sacrifice of like, oh my gosh, I got to have a conversation with this person from Google or this person from Facebook and got to really speak speak hope and light and truth mm-hmm. into their world. And so a lot of different sweet moments along the way but um yeah it was really hard and really um I I mean I guess maybe it was great looking back in the moment it was just kind of like what it required you know totally I I gotta give it all so so I want to I want to actually ask it go into specific kind of focus now so the first off being in London which is uh what do they call it the uh businessman's playground or the billionaire's Mm. playground you know one of the most expensive places in the world tell me what it's like to um, sit in a room full of influential people, uh, being someone sold out on the gospel, sold out on the faithfulness mm-hmm. of Jesus. Tell me what it's like, um, in your, what you learned from that and how you're able to have influence in that sector. Mm. Wow. That's a great question. Oh my gosh. So many good questions, Evie. Well, I feel for me that it goes back to, I think years ago, and, and I know you're this way, Evie, it's like, we have these things that we pray about years and years ago. And like I said, it's like, we don't know if they'll come to pass or not, but they are things that we feel like I've always said that God has given you heart's desires that are specific to what he's calling you to. Not that that's always the case, but I think oftentimes in this, in this quest for purpose and looking for our, our calling and, you know, speaking to so many different millennials in our age group, it's like so many of us are looking for the big question is like, what was I made to do? What is my purpose? What is my calling? I want to make it count. And I think that we forget that, um, you know, our calling is, is it, it oftentimes starts with what we're interested in, what we feel drawn to and what we have natural gifting in. And mm-hmm. I think for me and Kevin, both, we both feel called to influence the influencers. And so it's just been a matter of seasons. Like in, in some seasons, it's been, 
missionaries in um, other seasons, it's been business leaders in other seasons, it's been entrepreneurs in other seasons, it's been, you know, family and friends. And so it's just being obedient to that season. Um, when I stepped into this opportunity, it was such a clear season of truly influencing the influencers. And I had a mentor. Um, I so believe in mentorship. I think that it is one of the greatest things that can lead you to, um, just open doors and success and wisdom and doing, doing your life in order and, and well lived. But for me, I had a mentor that said, Brie, focus in this year. He said, if you do one thing, build relationships with the people in the room. He said, because if you want to influence, don't just think about what influence you're going to have or what you're going to get out of this program and later take on into your life and your journey. But think about the magnitude of being at one of the top schools in the world and being around global leaders. And if you were to just build relationships with the people in that room, imagine um, what God could do with that down the road. And so it was something that I really took to heart and it really resonated with me of like, you know, cause there was so much to this opportunity that was like, I was learning as I went and it was like, how are we going to do this? I want to make the most of this. I want to get incredible grades. I want to influence the teachers. I want the program to influence my life. I want to learn. And, um, I remember the first day of school, the Lord said, you're going to be a listener this year. And it was really interesting because I've had seasons where I can contribute a lot. And I've had seasons where most people in the room don't know me because I feel like I'm observing. And it was one of those years where I did a lot of listening and, um, I don't know. I learned a lot, man. Like, I think it could probably be applied to a lot of other areas in life. It's just like sitting back and hearing from people. I think one of the biggest things I learned is it's important before we project what we think on other people to understand where they're coming from and to hear from them, even if we disagree. And there were moments where my skin was crawling and, you know, it's a very progressive liberal school. Europe itself is incredibly progressive and very different views in many, in many ways from my personal um, comfort zone. But in those moments, you know, you face other people's perspective and their story and their insights and their experience. Then you're able to have a much more well-rounded um, view of, of really what, what to believe. And so I did build a lot of friendships from that. And I was grateful for that. Um, and, you know, I want, yeah, long-term, I want to influence these people for the kingdom because I want to mm -hmm. see more kingdom leaders raised up in the marketplace. And I felt like so honored that me and there was one other guy um, that were Christians and we would just tag team. We're like, okay, we want to chat with this person or did you hear this person? Like they're really struggling in their marriage. And it's just cool being a Christian in a dark place because you have, you're on a mission. You're Literally. not just there learning. You That's know? amazing. I was just telling my grandparents were in town recently and I was just telling them I would literally 10 out of 10 times, I would rather sit at a table of non-believers, my personality. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just like, wow. <laughs> I don't know why, but wow. I, I mean, I do know why, but I love listening to what they have yeah. to say. And then it's yeah. almost this part inside of me where I'm like, I am going to literally love the hell out of you. Literally. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely. am going to. And so I, and I know that very much is in alive in, in you too, but um, something I was just thinking, something that's really special about Bree, since I've known her really um, known of her and then actually personally known her in a friendship. She's a woman that's deeply marked by prayer, her boyfriend as well. Just like you can tell in every season, which just so you guys like, have preface, like you can tell people when their whole life is saturated in prayer. That doesn't mean that any part of their life is easy or simple or anything, but there yeah. is this aroma that, you know, 
you know, comes around them that you're like that person praise mm. and, and Brie has that. And so I want you to share a little bit in the seasons where you're like, you know, cause prayer in different seasons looks really, really different, but in yeah. your specific season of being in London, uh, you know, basically studying 90 plus hours a week, what did it look like to be connected to the father? Like, what did it look like to have that intimacy in a busy, busy, busy season yeah. in a city where you don't have your people and yeah. in a, you know, in a culture where you're, you know, different. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, such a good question. I feel like for me, prayer became, um, a lifeline. I, I think, I think that oftentimes I heard someone say this and Evie, you probably know this quote and could say it better than I, than, than I can, but it, it was something around, if you're bored, you may not be following Jesus. And mm -hmm. it, it's just this whole thing of like, I don't understand boredom because it, it, it's just the Holy Spirit's so fun and he's mm -hmm. so much more than yes. just a spiritual being. Like he's intelligent and he has, he has wisdom and he's, yes. a, he's a political leader and he's, a, you know, he's a social leader and he's a, he's brilliant. And yes. so I, I found him to be just like a professor sitting next to me in every class, just um, mm. giving me answers and being an ever-present help so so yeah, good really yes and that's what I love I, I I love that because in different seasons people ask a lot they'll email fearless code or they'll email me and they'll say like mm. how do you just hear from God how do you hear yeah. so clearly how do you and I yeah. my answer is always it, it did not happen overnight it, this is something that's mm. cultivated privately over mm. a period of time yeah. and that's what's so amazing is when you do cultivate you know and I think a lot of people think um, a prayer life or being that uh, being able to ask God about uh, a strategy in an economics class and then hearing something back. I think people look at that and say, oh, that she must have been got woken up at 2.30 in the morning, like George mm -hmm. Miller, and then she probably doesn't ever eat. She fasts, you know, 370 yeah. days of the year or, or this like, you know, this yes. radical, radical um, yes. surrender, which yes, it is a radical surrender because you're, you know, but it is in these little moments in the car yeah. saying, Holy Spirit, I trust you today. You're my friend. And yes. what I love is that in different seasons, the Holy Spirit reveals himself in a different way. And I personally, I'm so inspired with this because I have never seen the father as a professor. But mm. to me, I look at hearing you say that and I'm like wow Brie got such a special season with God that he revealed himself as a professor like yeah. you know like in yeah. our little tiny human brains imagine him like Dumbledore or imagine him oh, like yeah. you know and then it's like he comes and shatters these boxes of what we imagine oh, the specific yeah. um you know role to be and so that is amazing I love that I want you to kind of touch in about um, I kind of feel like that's kind of what the Holy Spirit is highlighting on is when he plucks you out of this comfort or mm -hmm. even this, um, you know, you were doing well, you were, you know, CEO of this amazing nonprofit, you're serving the poor, which I love yeah. when you can serve the poor and wear stilettos. Um, I love when you can, you know, like I think if people imagine if you serve the poor, then it's like, well, sorry, you know, you just can't have style. <laughs> Come on, come on. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, she, you're doing all these great things. Oh, God asks you to lay them down, surrender them, yeah. um, as a, you know, as a really an offering. And then he takes you to this corporate America and then he takes you into this yeah. relationship and then he takes you into this job program. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want you to touch on when he plucks you out of one season and transitions you into next and how to be able to do that, um, efficiently and honestly with obedience and with, honor if that makes sense yeah that's so good I think for me it's about yieldedness and so I think it comes down to like what do you what do you actually believe do you actually believe that 
God's plans for your life are better than yours or, or are you not willing to give up the control on your life? Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like, I think that when I think about, yeah. And I, and I've shared that with you. I have had, if I were to, if I were to do a timeline of what's happened in my life the past 10 years, there's been a constant thread of build this, lay it down, build this, lay it down, build this, lay it down. And sometimes he gives it back to me in different seasons. And then other times I don't pick it up again. And so it's one of those things where, um, you have to really know that you're hearing the Lord and you have to really trust him. And I will tell you that like, it's a process. You don't wake up. You're not, a, I'm like George Mueller had his process. You know, we mm-hmm. see the, we see the highlight reel, but it's like the first time the Lord asked me to lay something out was so hard. It was so scary. And it's like, after you do it once, you get this rush of like, wow, that was actually the Lord. And look at the reward that came from that. And look at why he asked me to do that. You know, as you look back in hindsight, 2020. So for me, it's like, I think that we have to realize, I always think of us when, when I'm having a hard time trusting, I'm like, I'm an aunt. I'm literally an aunt. And I'm trying to tell God who he's like as big as a mountain <laughs> that I know what's going on. And I really shouldn't take that step. I should take this step. And like, I know what's going on here. And it's like really the dumbest thing ever. I mean, let's be honest. Like that is just insane. Like God built me. He created me. He's destined my story. And I've always said, since I was a little girl, I want a unique story. I want a story that nobody else has. And some days I have regretted ever hearing huh, that. Same. Um, <laughs> the feisty, ferocious, courageous. The rebel. Eight yeah. years old. It's like, <laughs> I want the story no one else has. And then, you know, later on in life, you're like, why did I say that? Yeah. But, um, I still hold true to that, that it's, it is a gift, but it's, it's all about obedience, Evie. And I think more and more when we look at scripture, we see these great leaders. God always built them up in a place where he was building intimacy. They were on a track doing a good thing. And then God was like, hand it to me. Mm-hmm. And it's always like this weird thing where if you don't understand and you do not have intimacy, and if you're listening to this and you're like, why would God take something good from you? Like, you can't understand it without intimacy because if you have intimacy, you trust that person and you know, you're not using me. You're not taking this because you're a bad person or you're a bad God or you're a bad leader. You must have something good in mind that I don't understand. And every time in scripture, when God removes something, he gave them something better or he had a greater um, outcome in mind. And so for me, it's more and more about, you know what? I've had to lay down the idea that my life is going to make sense, that my story is going to make sense to every person that is involved in it. But the reality is that like, it is one that is mostly marked by obedience to the Lord. And that is something that I'm accountable to the Lord on. And I care so deeply about because I remember at 18 years old, I went to a Billy Graham museum. I don't know if you've ever been to it. It's so cool. You have to go. Um, it's in Charlotte, North Carolina, but they did a whole story on Billy Graham and he, part of his testimony was, um, that basically the call or mantle of Billy Graham was given to like three other men. And they all thought that the task was too small. His first step in ministry was a youth pastor. And they were like, uh, no, I don't want to be a youth pastor. God told me I'd be in stadiums. I, that's not the promise he gave me. And so they actually didn't pursue it. They later came back to Billy Graham, who said yes to being unpaid and working as a youth pastor, which made no sense to anybody. Um, they said, God gave me this assignment, and I, re- I disobeyed him again and again. And basically, they themselves said God had to find someone else that was more obedient. And I made a I made a promise at 18 to the Lord that I didn't ever want him to have to go to the next person in line. And so um, 
it has broke broke me of my independence. It's broken me of my will. It's broken me of my control. And it's continuing to. It's an ongoing journey. But it's like I want to yield to the Lord's will for my life because I know he loves me and I know his plans are so much bigger and better. And in that, in that trust fall, there is such a peace. And there is such a promise on the other side. And after, honestly, Evie, after we, you know, you've done this too. After you do this a couple of times, you start to realize, oh, this is how this kind of works. <laughs> and, oh, I'm just having that fear again. No, nope, yep. this is what he said. I have to stand by it. Oh, I'm just feeling a little bit anxious, but it doesn't mean I'm going to take this, you know, I'm not going to change my mind. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that, um, and, or, oh, people don't understand. Oh, they're criticizing but you're kind of like, you know what, this is what happened every other time and look at what God did. And so I think it just builds a history of courage with the Lord um, for more and more yeses. So it's always worth it. It's a long answer. but Oh, that's so, so good. I love how you keep talking about building a history with the Lord, because I think that that's something I can hear people listening to this and saying, okay, mm. but how do I know it's God, Brie? Yeah. How do I know um, this thing that I feel kind of inclined towards and there's something in my quote gut that is getting pulled towards this one thing. How Mm -hmm. do I know? What would you say to that? Oh man. I mean, man, man, that is a good question. And that is a practical question. And, uh, I would say for me, um, I think it can be a variety of different things. So, I mean, I, I kind of have like different symptoms I look for essentially, because I don't believe in the I I think that, and I probably was this way when I was younger, you know, when you're radical and just wanting to give God everything, sometimes you do make decisions that you're like, okay, well, maybe that, maybe I missed that one. Maybe that one wasn't really the Lord. Um, Maybe I misheard in in some way. And there's always grace for that. But I think as I've gotten older, there's different checks and balances you can look for that will kind of like um, bring about better counsel into the decision. And I don't think that they're always present in the same way, but I think that there's always a variety of them present when the Lord's moving. Um, And one of those is ultimately, in my mind, the first and most important is peace. That peace is the umpire of your decision. Now, peace is something that I know in my spirit, man, in my my stomach, really, is kind of like how I define it. Yeah. Is really kind of like a burning spirit of peace of like, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, the Lord is covering me in the storm, even though I should be freaking out. I'm not, um, you may not feel peace in your mind, but the the mind is not always, if you're not transforming your mind, it's not always being renewed by the Holy spirit. So I always follow just my spirit man on that peace is the umpire of of my decisions. Personally, that's how I, I try to make my decisions. Um, and I also think that like in the mouth of two or three, let it be established. And so I think it's super important as millennials to have mentors and people that are older and wiser venue that you can run something by and just say, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I feel like the Lord's doing. And, 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 you know, mentors is an interesting, that could be its own, its own little podcast. I don't know if, if I totally agree. About yeah. That. Share about it. Share about but it. We, well, I, I mean, I have just, it, I have had a journey with mentors. We will say it that way. And I've had so many people through my journey come up and say, how do you find a mentor? I don't understand. Like I've had, so yep, many that's the biggest one we get a lot. Together. Yeah, it, it, it's really like there's so many millennials that feel that way. And and for me, it was kind of like there were moments I could relate with that. And I kept pushing through and being like, Lord, 
no, this is in your word. Like you desire for the older generation to pour into the younger generation. Like I want to see the fruit of this. Like I know this is a promise that you've given us. And so there has to be fruit here. And I just remained consistent, consistent, consistent. And there was a season where it was dry. And then it was literally like looking back, God was just teaching me to not give up because the season right after that, it was like, I literally like my cup ran over and it was like, I had people contacting me that were like, can we grab coffee? And these are people that I've looked up to and, you know, esteem and highly honor and highly respect. And so I think that it's something that God wants to give millennials. And I think that we quit too easily. We quit too easily and we have too high of expectations. And I would love EB. I can, I can write out some things that I've learned and share them with you. If anybody has like practicals they want as takeaways, um, I need to kind of write them out, but you know, I think it's so important to, um, to have, uh, to realize too, with mentors that they are busy. <laughs> a lot of them have their yes. own families. A lot of them have their own jobs. A lot of them are not used to young people because honestly, there's been this whole generational gap of them feeling like our generation doesn't want input. So they haven't made room for that in their schedule. So if you are one who's hearing from the Holy Spirit, you're a pioneer, you're a leader, you're showing up, you may be the first millennial that's approached this individual and said, will you make time for me? Can I have an hour? And sometimes if they've not gone through that, it can be something that's put on the back burner, but it's, it's really about humbling yourself and being persistent. And one thing Kevin's really good at is like, he goes wherever the mentor is. He never asked them to meet at a mutual place that he enjoys. It's so always, practical. Where so are good. you? Where can I meet you? What can I do? And um, is it 6 a.m. in the morning? Is it 10 p.m. at night? Like if your proverb says that if you really want wisdom, you will search for it as it's a hidden treasure. And so I just would encourage, I, I mean, my highlight reel of the, the mentorship podcast would be get grit, know that mentors are a valuable part of your life they open doors that no man could open for you because it's part of the way that god works um and pursue them pursue them pursue them pursue them and you will you will find that mm -hmm. the lord will reward you so tell me while you were in london what did it look like to have a mentorship because they from afar, you, they're, they're those few people that will still pursue you and say hey i'm with you i'm praying with you uh yeah. you know so explain that from afar, what, yeah. what it can look like. Yeah, it was a lot of long distance because mm -hmm. I was back and forth between the States and the UK constantly. It was like, I think it was hard for people to keep up with where I was. And so I just did pursuing and would say, this is what I need in this season. You know, can you be praying for me? Or we'd have a phone call or whatever it looks like. And, you know, in, in different seasons, part of, part of this last season specifically, EB, I was around such um, knowledge. I wouldn't necessarily say wisdom, but I was around a lot of knowledge. So I was learning a different type of mentorship. I think it was more practical. Like I was meeting with philanthropists and people that are in social impact space and, um, you know, entrepreneurs and attorneys and different people like that, where I was getting more practical, that would more apply to my goal within the marketplace. And so a lot of that was just learning from experienced people, um, older and wiser than me. But if I needed something spiritually, I would just text someone and say, I need you. One of my mamas, I'd say, I need you to pray for mm -hmm. me. I need you to believe for me. Or I'd you know, <laughs> call my mom. And I, I mean, I call my mom all the time and just ask her to pray for me because yeah. um, I needed it a lot. But 
And, you know, I think that that's something that's really important as you and I both met mentor people and then we've received multiple mentorships. And the tone that you are requesting something from a mentor is everything. When it sounds like you are so needy and so like almost begging and it's this posture of like, uh, I don't know, like almost desperation in a negative way. Mm. It's like, oh, I don't. Ooh, I don't know. But when it's, you know, when it's covered in humility and that's like, Hey, listen, I need you to connect. I need you to pray with me on this. I'm believing in this. It's all the difference. And it honestly propels me pouring Mm. into somebody like, Ooh, what an honor I get to versus like, Ooh, there's a tone on that. That sounds like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so I think just the posture that we do pursue a mentorship is everything. And then, like you said, honoring their schedule and honoring that, um, I, boundary feels like kind of an extreme word, but, um, mm-hmm. just that, that, that space, you know, is so important to do Absolutely. mentorship. Well, Absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, let's wrap it up with you sharing this season of going a million bajillion miles per hour for the last 10 years. Share a little bit about this season that you're in right now and what it's Mm -hmm. like to go down a, maybe like the rivers of Mount Everest. And then you just came to like the still waters at the, Mm -hmm. what is like the readjusting period like? It is real, the hot to the cold. It, yeah, I did. That is well said. I do feel like I was going 100 miles a minute, especially finishing out the program. We had deadlines every single weekend that we were whipping them out to where we just we were starting to joke with our colleagues like we're getting whiplash. This is ridiculous. Um, but going from that into really just a season of rest and and I. I think I, I think I told you this, Evie, we've been talking a lot about rest, but, um, I did not write the book on rest. I I'm sure if you're listening to me, you could probably tell I'm not, I'm not probably someone you would imagine <laughs> rest very well. Um, but what's it, your Enneagram? Uh, you know, I need to review it. I, I hate to say it cause I'm not very familiar with Enneagram. Okay. I will get back. We'll to talk after. <laughs> I want to say a seven, but don't. I don't know what a seven is. So mm, I, I don't know. Seven. Yeah. Or a three. I don't remember. I could see a three. Okay, keep going. Don't quote me on these guys. I gotta brush up on my <laughs> all my all my girls are like, what Instagram? I'm like, I gotta I gotta retake that. You know, like honestly, I've been studying so much, I can't yeah. even <laughs> can't talk to me about Instagram. Came out a year ago, and I've been buried. No, so um, yeah, it's just been a season of rest, and it's not really, it's not like. It's not as though I was seeking for a season of rest. It was more that I, I kind of ran out of steam. And so um, it's just been a season of kind of unwinding, honestly. And, you know, it's anybody that's used to a very fast paced season. It's a very awkward transition to go hundred miles a minute to just complete silence. It's, it's like, like when you get off the escalator at the airport and you're like, do I jog? Do I quickly walk? Yeah, <laughs> New <exactly>. adjustment. <laughs> Exactly. Who am I trying to keep up with? Yes. Yeah. So in this season, it's just been one of, I, I know for me, what the Lord spoke to me was I'm bringing you back to the secret place. And for me, the secret place is everything. It's way more important than anything that you could ever spend time on. It's way more important than your purpose. It's way more important than your calling because the secret place is your purpose. Right. And I, I think that first and foremost, and I know you believe this too, EB, like we are made for connection with our father. Mm -hmm. And if that relationship is not maintained, everything else starts lacking. And so even though I could not get through this year without the Lord, I was going to worship, you know, I would go to worship, go to bed with worship on. I would wake up and do a Devo. 
but it wasn't the same because it was still always rushed and hurried and kind of like fast food because that was what the skier needed. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm in a season now of just kind of being like, I need to actually wash myself in the word. I need to actually like yeah. spend a couple hours praying, not just like, oh my gosh, get me through this day. Help me to get through the Jesus name. Amen. it's like, no, what's like going on in my heart? What's going on in my mind? What's going on in my family's heart? What's going on yep. in my community's heart? And, and I think that like the Lord is basically what he's doing is taking me from being a Martha to a Mary in this season. And not that, not that Martha's bad, but more that Martha was busy. And I'm in a season now of like, I am in the in-between and, um, I love the way you phrase that the in-between. Yeah. I'm in the in-between and I'm happy to be in the in-between because I, I do feel something in me coming out about rest. Like I am deeply learning so much about rest. And one of the big things that, um, I'll make this quick Evie, but one of the big things that we were talking about as colleagues, um, at, at London school of economics was, you know, there was this ongoing joke. There was only three Americans in our course, um, out of 32 students. And they said, you know, Americans are crazy. They never stop. They're one of the only cultures that just runs on like fumes. They never stop. They never definitely. And every other nation recognizes it. Every other nation recognizes it. They know our statistics better than we do of unused PTO, of lack Mm -hmm. of maternity leave, lack of paternity leave. We have a culture that we have to identify. We have, we're living the American dream. We have access to unbelievable opportunity in this nation. It's the best nation in the world, in my opinion. But the reality is we do not stop. We are not balanced. And I think that like, that was already on my mind coming home from London. And then my body was just like, you're tired. And so I think the combination of those two things Mm -hmm. um, has just made me realize like, it's time to pause. Like before I jump into the next career opportunity, the next big move, like we don't just go from mountaintop to mountaintop. Like, I think it's important to have that time of winter hibernating and getting nutrients for the spring because spring is going to be blossoming and you're going to have new life coming about. And I think we oftentimes try to just throw a Red Bull back and forget to rest. And it's like, totally. we don't realize that like there are consequences to that. Like, and, and even just thinking about being a future mom and being about being a future wife and being a future leader, I don't want to be the type of leader that is a workaholic. I don't want to be the type of leader that doesn't prioritize things that are unbelievably important because they're not as sexy or they're not as easy to do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in a personal season of saying, Lord, like, I want you to weed out any imbalance. Like this is a season of rest, but I also want to learn how to prioritize things that are not as comfortable for me, mm-hmm. which for me is rest. It's not a comfortable thing for me. Yeah. So it has been a great, sweet season, much needed, very refreshing. And also a lot of tough lessons. I'm, I'm learning a lot about myself mm-hmm. in this season. So. And it's interesting how rest is not just being still all the time. Right. Sometimes rest is, you know, like for me, Sunday morning, I have an alarm go off every single Sunday morning. It's Sabbath. And I don't, I'm not usually not on my phone mm. and, um, and it's I clean. Love that. I clean and that is the most restful thing to me. And wow. then being able to soak in the cleanliness of a room to me, there is nothing more, um, like I've achieved that, like yeah. that's, you know, what I can do. And so 
it's amazing how you have to play your part to receive the gift mm-hmm. that comes with rest mm-hmm. in the sense of you have to set yourself up. You have to know yourself. And sometimes mm-hmm. like for other people, rest is reading a book, but mm-hmm. I know for other people that no, that's doing, that's too much. I need to just sit and receive or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's really interesting to know your own personality, know what is, uh, is a way to that's cultivate so rest good. and that's then so understand good. that. Yeah. Like you can't, you cannot pour out what you don't have, you know? And for me, I I said this last week, I was sitting across the table from Zach and as it came out of my mouth, I wanted to throw up and just like, (laughs) but I looked at Zach and I said, you don't understand. I can do it all. And right as it came out, and I wasn't saying that I wasn't the rest of the sentence wasn't through Christ who gives me strength. (laughs) It was, I can do it all. And that was a definition of me striving, not from a place of rest, Mm. not from a posture of humility. That was me saying, no, 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 no. Uh, And you know, it's funny. You can slap a Christian word on it. Say, no, I've been anointed to do it all. And no, Mm. that doesn't justify it. You can, you know, you can put whatever filter you want on it, but the reality is, you know, like the, the main things we've talked about in this, um, you know, conversation is mentorship, the, the in-between oh, season, yeah. you know, yeah. the, like all of these things and rest mm-hmm. and resetting and yes. being able to adjust, like you yes. have got to do that. And it's just yes. also even like a whole nother podcast of how each new season of transition mm-hmm. looks different. You'll say, yes. well, last time I transitioned, I did this. And it, God mm-hmm. will say, well, last time you were in this crowd with these people That's and so you know what I mean? That's so good. Yes, it's so good. And it's like one of my one of my dear friends um, said this and, and I just thought it was so profound. But she said, you know, I, I was sharing in transparency, I'm actually taking two days of rest in the mountains. And I told her, um, I just said, man, I need I know this sounds silly. But I need prayer that I actually rest because I, um, I feel sometimes guilty for not rest, like for not doing something. And she said, you don't even need to give that any more acknowledgement. You don't even need to feel shame about that, that you're wrestling and you feel guilty for spending time by yourself as opposed to spending it with people. Because I honestly, this is my first time that I've done something where like, there's no people involved. It's just literally me and the Lord. And I'm like, he is a person in my life. He is the most important person in my life. I give quality time to the people I love. And I really felt like I needed to give him two days, but there was that track in my mind of like, yeah. You should be spending this with family. You should be spending this with friends. Totally. You should be spending this with so-and-so. And it's like, it's such a lie. Like to what you said, like the enemy will use anything that he knows, like speaks your language to corrupt what you're supposed to be doing. And she said, don't even feel guilty about it because you're already taking a step out of the boat and, and doing something against that lie, which is you're going on this trip anyways. You know that you have this fear. You know that you might have to battle your mind. You know that you might have to renew your mind, but you're doing it and you're drawing a line in the sand and you're saying, I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to meet the Lord. I don't know what two days alone with God is going to have in store for me. But I felt like it was what I needed to do in this season of rest. And so it's really just, I've been reminding myself of that because I still have moments where I'm like, Oh gosh, I want to call this person and in, you know, and tell them how much I miss them and how this place mm-hmm. reminds me of our family vacations. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's not the purpose. Just yeah. about you and God. Just yeah. stop, you know? And I'm just like learning all these things right now. So <laughs> it encourages somebody that maybe you feel like you, 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 you're not able to rest or maybe you are feeling guilty. And it's like, it's so not healthy. Please draw the line in the sand. Be a leader that has balance in your life, please, for the people underneath you, 
for your future role as a husband or a, or a wife, for your leadership of whatever organization God calls you to, those principles trickle down and affect everyone underneath you. And so it's, it's worth learning for sure. Oh man, I just want to talk to you about everything. I have so many things I want to talk about, but Oh my gosh. Thank you for being on this, Brie. You are such a gift. Um, I love you, and I don't know what we do without you. I love you so much. And Evie, you, I have to say this because everyone that listens to your podcast wants to be you and wants to follow you and wants to be your friend. I am honored to be your friend and I'm honored to be on your podcast. I'm honored to support your dreams. You are a fearless leader. You are one who walks it out. And if you don't know Evie, she walks out what she talks and so I'm proud of you I love you thank you for having me on your show such an honor Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. To learn more about Brie or to give her a follow and to continue being inspired by her amazing life, find her on Instagram. You can find her account on the tagged post each week where we share who is on this week's episode of Fearless Talk. As always, make sure you leave a comment on iTunes if you are loving this podcast. We so appreciate your feedback. Happy, happy Wednesday. We can't wait to see you next week when we release our next episode on Fearless Talk. Love you guys.